You're listening to Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. The D Las Vegas Resort and Casino presents Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly's coverage of the 2021 NHL Draft. Brought to you by Boost Mobile. More power to save with plans starting as low as $15 a month. By Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas. Pick up any of our award-winning sauces on the way home tomorrow night at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas. The D Las Vegas Resort and Casino. Home of Bar Canada. A north of the border home, Las Vegas style. By M-Drive. Go to mdriveformen.com and find out which M-Drive is right for your lifestyle. By the NCHC and nchc.tv. Go to nchc.tv and subscribe to watch the best in college hockey since 2013. And by Summer Skates. Get your personalized shower shoes and koozies at icetimehockeysw.com slash partners and click on the Summer Skates banner. Professional Hockey's Southwest Weekly's coverage of the NHL Draft is presented by the D Las Vegas Resort and Casino and is a part of the icetimehockeysw.com network. All right, welcome in, hockey fans, to uh, another special edition, Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. The NHL Amateur Draft is uh, complete. The players have been selected. Scott Strandy joining you in beautiful Scottsdale, Arizona, where we now have uh, oceanfront property, I believe, or at least lakefront property after the monsoon storms. And joining me tonight, my two co-hosts, Rob Rothfarb, joining me from beautiful Southern California, and Paul Hornstein from beautiful Long Island, New York. Everywhere it is, it's beautiful because it's an NHL draft day. Gentlemen, how are you? Uh, we're doing good. Uh, I wonder what George Strait is thinking now that you have uh, <laughs> at least lakefront property in Arizona. I, I, I'm trying to push for. I'm trying to push for a cover song. Maybe we could give him get from George. Yeah, I'm just. I'm just saying. You know, you brought it up. <laughs> Rob, how are you? I am well, thank you. It's uh, beautiful uh, and balmy, 72 degrees here in Southern California. Oh, shut up. <laughs> I just don't want to hear that. Whatever. <laughs> Talk to me in January. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Talk to you in January? You'll be in snow in January or freezing rain and sleet. <laughs> that's, the, that's the point. <laughs> uh, guys, I'll tell you. Yesterday was uh, the first round of the NHL draft, and, and uh, <laughs> it went really well, I would say, until, uh, let me see, pick number 31. Uh, we're going to get into that in a minute. Um, and then 32 was kind of something. And then we waited till morning to get started on uh, round two. And it wasn't long until we had lots of stuff to talk about in round two. So we'll get into all of that. But first things first, let's talk about the number one overall pick and, and maybe some of the first round picks that you guys uh, saw and see if you were um, um, surprised, not surprised. Let's go, Rob. Start with you. Uh, two things that came to mind, Michigan hockey, three of the top five picks, and then a family affair. Uh, more kids from NHL bloodlines get drafted into the NHL. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's two really good points. Um, I'll add to that. I'll say the brother connection. Uh, Kale McCarr signs a big deal today, a six-year, fifty-four million dollar deal with Colorado, and then what? Fourth, fifth, sixth picked from the the end of the draft. They draft his brother, uh, who is 
on his way to UMass as well. So another brother combination. The Hughes, as you mentioned, were uh, were a huge deal. So, Paul, your thoughts on uh, on what you saw? Well, I, I think you saw a lot of players who uh, had bloodlines and and. The guys uh, on the telecasts were mentioning it uh, on a regular basis with the amount of uncertainty in this year's draft because of uh, not the normal scouting routines uh, due to COVID. Um, teams wanted what they, their phrase was more certainty. And knowing how uh, people who have... Um, direct professional hockey bloodlines probably have a a a head start of a certain type where the teams don't have to worry about whether or not they're going to be starstruck or awestruck by professional hockey at whatever point they get to that point and I think I heard the term high hockey IQ more in this draft than I have ever heard before. (laughs) And I'm not knocking that. There's a lot to be said for that, but I'm just saying you asked me what my thoughts were. I I, I heard that more this draft than, or at least it stood out. Maybe that's recency bias. I don't know, but. But can that also be because of the, uh, the bloodlines, the, the brothers that were drafted, the sons of NHL players, Right there, you know. So oh, of course, of course, the hockey, course the hockey IQ is going to be there, and, and then you have the uh, little less of the unknown with with an NHL name, like you had said, uh, to as opposed to someone who they didn't have a lot of film on. Uh, but it just, it just the other thing that stood out. It was long. It just seemed like it went on forever and ever, and it wow. was only seven rounds. <laughs> Well, those those you know, two those those non first round days always seem long. But the timeouts and then you know more time and then a trade and so that's why I eventually had to walk out. I waited until uh, <laughs> I waited until after the Islanders' first pick at fifty-two, uh, and I said, "All right, now I got to go walk the dog." So. Okay, See, so I, I said I wasn't going to leave until the Rangers took a center, and I'm still waiting. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> At least you didn't say something like you were going to get a tattoo or something of the first Rangers center. <laughs> no, 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 absolutely not. <laughs> okay, so a, a couple of things. When you talk about, I don't know if I can really find losers, but I can find some winners in this draft. Um, I think what uh, what the Coyotes did, and, and you guys know me pretty well. You know that that I've been waiting for the Coyotes to do something to get me back on their bandwagon, so to speak, because I've been pretty harsh on them, and I'll, I'll be I'll be honest with that. I I I was not uh, a big fan uh, for the last ten years because of the way they've done things, and I'll give Bill Armstrong a lot of credit. He came into this draft with nothing to speak of. And uh, over the last couple of weeks, he built uh, trades and draft picks and moved them here and there. And then, of course, uh, yesterday morning, he he jumped out and made the trade and got rid of Oliver ekman Larson and Connor Garland and uh, fan favorites here at the city, the little bit of uh, hockey stuff that's going on here in the city. Uh, people were pretty frustrated. I saw a lot of people saying, that's it. My season tickets are gone. Um, I'm not, I'm not signing back up again. Forget it. This is over. Um, and then uh, the, the number nine pick came back and a couple more draft picks. And um, at the end of the day today, 
uh, people here are going, oh, I'm going to sign back up with the Coyotes, which I didn't think could happen overnight, but it happened with pick number 37. And uh, I don't know how, how familiar you guys are not being here, but all you have to mention is the name Doan, and all of a sudden you have every hockey fan back on board. Well, I actually uh, officiated uh, Shane Doan's kid when uh, when he was 12-year-old and maybe a year after that. So I saw the high, high hockey high, 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 high IQ early on, but he didn't have a good skating. Now he has the skating to go with it, so he made himself into a really good draft pick. Paul, you and I had him on. Your thoughts on Josh? Well, you know, we we, we went through that when we had him on last week, and, and, and uh, one of the things that I wanted to just give a quick mention to um, in, in terms of this is um, it took, what, uh, maybe an hour? And, and that's because I don't see everybody in the whole world's social media feeds where somebody was screaming nepotism about this pick are you people nuts have you been watching do you do you read anything was 37 maybe a little bit higher then then people may have had him ranked okay but they didn't have him as a seventh round pick no, and, and hold on a minute when you mention that and, i'm going to back you up on this one for a minute and then you're going to jump back into it hold okay. on a second so when you say that at 37 I can tell you what was going through the heads of the Arizona Coyotes, I think. Because uh, I got a text message today from a source that said, turn your TV on at 8 a.m., don't miss it. Um, so I kind of figured something was coming down. I'd heard Josh's name, actually. Uh, a, a week ago, I heard him at 37. I also heard him at 60. And I heard him again at 107. So his name had bounced around, I think, a lot. But I think Bill Armstrong said, this kid has a lot of upside, a lot of hockey IQ, as has been mentioned. But I think more importantly, if uh, if they had played around too long, they had second-round picks. If they had played around too long and somebody else, uh, a la Vegas, a la L.A., any of those places had picked up Josh Doan just before the Coyotes, there would have been a mutiny here. They never would have gotten over that. Because they would have, people would have said, "You had your chance and you didn't do it. Have you not learned anything?" So, well, they well, no matter the what Josh turns out to be, uh, it was a great pick, and I think it sold a bunch of tickets right off the get go. Well, they had the forty third pick, so their what their what their heads had to be doing was, will he be there at forty three? Guess who had forty two, Paul? What, Vegas? L.A. Kings. All right. L.A. Well, Kings. If he goes to L.A., people are going to go nuts. Guess who had 38? Guess Vegas. who had 38? Vegas. Vegas. If no, he no, goes I'm to not, Vegas, but, people are going to go nuts. But my point was that it, it, I'm surprised it actually took an hour. I didn't hear anybody screaming nepotism <laughs> about any other pick. Because they probably haven't seen Josh Stone play. And they okay. just think that they, um, they just think it's going on name, and it and partially might be. But you know what? He he was a good hockey player. All right, and and I've also seen today how they're talking about well, he might still go to juniors and not play at ASU. What are you people not a paying chance. A, What are you people not a paying chance. attention to? Have they talked to chance. the mother? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they're saying it. Not a chance. He is a Sun Devil right from the get-go, and he may work himself up from, from being a top six forward to being a top three forward. 
uh, very quickly in that lineup. Um, well, as you, you know, Paul, you and I talked with him. He's very mature. He knows his place. He understands his position. He knows where he has to improve and, uh, you can't go wrong. But like I said, if, if, 38 had been the pick and Vegas said, we're taking Josh Doan. Oh my God. Oh, it would have been, it would have oh. been mutiny here. It would have been mutiny. I, and it would have almost been worse. I think Paul, if it had been number 42 and the coyotes had sat back and said, we'll take him at 43. And then the LA Kings came along and said, yeah, we'll take that Doan kid. Yep. Oh Lord. Not, and so, by the way, not, I don't, um, there are all kinds of people, by the way, giving high fives to the coyotes for their first round pick that they worked their way back to. Oh yeah. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Th- there we be- both were talking cylinder, right? Well, listen, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I, I, you know, I, I love, I love cylinder. I, I, you know, I, I, ever since I saw him in the world junior time, I'm like, this is a guy you want on your team. This is yeah. a guy that plays both ends of the ice. Um, Lots of he, energy. He, 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 He's kicks butt at faceoffs, and I mean, faceoffs get were always important. They're even more important in in the way they analyze the game today. Yeah, I'll, okay. and, and and you can't get enough guys that win faceoffs. Let let me tell you who did really good in the draft, in my estimation, the Columbus Blue Jackets. I oh, know yeah. the Coyotes were extremely high on Kent Johnson. They right. wanted him really bad. The Michigan product, um, a center that uh, that you just described, everything that he can do plus some, and uh, they wanted him really bad. He went number five. Right. Um, Cole Sillinger went 12, and I think they settled on Gunther just because of well, 6'2", 175. Not a true center, but uh, a very good power forward that can score goals. Well, he, and, he Hey, what do the Coyotes be, need? He was supposed <laughs> – well, yeah, he – I mean, everywhere you read, he was the best offensive player, the best pure offensive player in the draft. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so um, I think, don't you think that color uh, that Columbus did really well? They got Corson Kuhlman's um, uh, in their twenty fifth pick does overall. That, does, does that count as a, a relation uh, NHL bloodlines, though? Uh, maybe uh, tangentially. Uh, his father <laughs> named him after Shane Corson yeah. after they had spent the night together uh, hanging out in a bar at some hockey event or something. Does that count? Yeah, right. right. <laughs> I donll just ask. Him. Yeah, it, it might. But uh, anyway, so so that kind of breaks on that. Now, personally, um, for us here in the Southwest, there are some names that that I saw drafted today. I'm going like, yes, 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 they're in our area because if they don't go right to the uh, to, to the NHL club, as they, as few do, they're going to play some right. time in the AHL. And when I talk about Matty Berners, the number two pick for Seattle, oh, salivated, getting a chance to maybe watch him play at some point uh, for the Seattle. Uh, uh, not I don't for Palm well, Springs. I, maybe. I honestly no uh, no I don't think he'll end up in Palm Springs. No, no. Uh, well, he's, he's either going to he's either going to be in it. Seattle or he's going to be at Michigan. And if no, he I stays, and if he stays this, this year. year yeah, but if he plays one, if he plays, uh, by the time he's, by the time Palm Springs is ready, he's going to be in Seattle. Yep. Yeah, you're probably right on that. The other name that, that jumped on me right away was uh, Mason McTavish. I saw him play in the World Juniors, uh, U18s. Uh, fantastic hockey player. Everybody was talking to him going like, I don't know, 40th, 50th. I'm going like, no way. 
Do you not take McTavish if he's available? Because he's got – you talk about bloodlines and you talk grit and hard work and skill all wrapped into one. The Ducks got a great, great player in uh, Mason McTavish. Um, Then we slide down a little bit. Some other names that jumped out at me that I was pretty impressed with um, that will be out here in the Southwest, and I'm trying to get to my – where am I going? Okay, we're going to get here in just a minute. Oh, Sean Barron's, uh, right. the Denver product. Right. Going to Colorado. Staying right. in Colorado. Right. Uh, and uh, the well, Ducks the got another be, good one. D- will he stay one more year at DU is the question. Yeah, he will. He Probably. Will. As a defenseman, yeah, he will. Yeah. Uh, and then Sasha, uh, Sasha Pastrovov, um, who went to the Ducks, and Sasha is a tremendous hockey player. How he lasted to 66, I have no idea. But the Ducks got another good one there. And then uh, the Ducks also got Tyson Hines, uh, who I think is really, really talented defenseman. So Anaheim did really, really well for themselves. And that that's just what I saw. You guys see anything that I'm missing? Well, um, outside of Michigan, I think the team that uh, scored the most publicity in this thing is the Chicago Steel. Yeah, uh, yes. <laughs> Big time. They they had eight players, eight of their players taken in this draft. Yeah, they have a, they've got a program there, Paul. Uh, there's I'm no aware. doubt about it. I understand that. Uh, and, uh, and I get reminded of it on a regular basis. Yeah. The Sun Devils have a couple of former Chicago Steel players uh, right there. The other the other group that did really well, I thought, was the the team development program. I was I just thought- going to say U.S. team development exactly. Yeah, they, they did really, really well with a number of players. I think a record number of players coming right from their program to being drafted in the NHL. So, um, yeah, lots of uh, lots of really uh, cool stuff going on there. We mentioned a little bit of the brothers. I thought the best video shown all night was uh, the uh, the Hughes brothers when Luke was selected to go to New Jersey. That was that was fun. Uh, the excitement that they showed. The only thing that that I kind of noticed it looked like Quinn was a little jealous. Like, you know, Jack, Jack and Luke are jumping up and down. They're going to be teammates, and Quinn's looking like on the outside. But actually, in today on today's NHL Network coverage, they had a story between about Colton and Kirby Dak and right. how they got into a fight. And uh, Colton jumped on Kirby's back, and he said the next thing you know that he was in a wall. And <laughs> the, and the, and Come the on, father, Rob, you and I have done that. <laughs> and the father left not- the hole there. Left the hole there specifically to, for them to remember, do not do this again. <laughs> Rob, how many times did you do that? end up doing that with your brother? Because Lord knows I, uh, there was enough uh, physicalness between mine, me, my, well, that, myself and I mine. Well, that's why I it up because I thought, I, you know, you think you're the only family that puts holes in their wall. No. <laughs> yeah, whatever. I mean, you know. But it was uh, just, it was, it was the, the sibling thing was really cool throughout this uh, NHL draft. It, and the other one that I, I kind of glazed over, I shouldn't have from being what he did for the Arizona Coyotes and he was a goaltender here is Tyler Boucher. Uh, his dad uh, was uh, a fantastic goaltender. Brian ran that shutout game streak to like five, I think, if I remember correctly, five in a row. Um, and Tyler getting selected from the uh, NTDP program and uh, going to the Ottawa Senators, oh, my God, the Ottawa Senators have so much talent, and they're all so young that they could be a world junior team. Well, that's just it, right? I mean, <laughs> that's the uh, 
the 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 whole thing with them is a lot of talent. Um, it's just going to take them another year or two. I thought they were starting to come together uh, at the end of last season, in the last month. So we'll see where that goes now over an eighty-two game season. It'll be interesting to see because Otto has so much talent. They're like Anaheim. They're one of those teams that are a year or so away from really, really making some noise in the NHL with all the young talent that they have. But they're they're poised. The Kings are poised for greatness for years to come. Let's see how it how they play out. And the other pick that I want to talk about that we didn't is going to be our guest tomorrow night, uh, Matthew Nyes, uh, who a lot of people thought was going to be the first Arizonan this year picked and probably would have gone closer to where uh, Josh Stone went, but we already explained, or I explained why I thought Josh went where he did. Uh, Matthews goes to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, and then a final one is uh, Ty Murchison. Nice. The, uh, you mean nice. The, uh, what? You said Matthews goes to the Maple Leafs. You no, I, said, oh, I nice. thought I said Matthew Nyes. Oh, oh, uh, well. Matthew Nyes. But yeah, anyway, well. he's going to play with Austin Matthews. <laughs> yeah, well. Well, so now, so now there's two players on that team. Uh, if when he gets there, because I won't. I mean, uh, we he's going to be in Minnesota dis- at least two years. Yeah, well, we won't discuss that at the moment because uh, <laughs> why not? Well, because you want me to call Micheletti? We have, we just call him. I don't, not gonna, it's not going to change anything. Um, uh, but we have Tuesday and Sunday night for me to dis- every every Tuesday and Sunday night. We need to discuss my feelings about that specific program. And, you know, eventually when he ends up in Toronto, um, it'll have to be like the way I feel about Austin Matthews. I hope he gets three goals every game and the team loses. <laughs> I love it. I and love you it. You say the same thing about Murchison. And, and Ty Murchison, the, of course, is headed yeah. to uh, Philadelphia, which, Paul, I know, got his jersey. Uh, you probably already ordered it, right? That Philly jersey with Murchison yeah. on the back? Yeah. Rob ordered one, too. We're going to have a big, giant bonfire. Both you guys did. Great. A big, giant bonfire. I love it. Okay, so so that's the good stuff that I took out of it. As we wait for for Tom, and, and just a little backstory, Tom is on his way back to Arizona from Buffalo, so he just texted me and said, hey, I'm checking into my hotel. I'll I'll jump on as soon as I get into my room and can get settled in. So probably another eight, ten minutes before we have Tom That's on. Fine. But, um, um, that what I was going to say was at the end of last night, uh, yeah. and Paul and I text each other immediately, um, what in the world is uh, Mark Bergevin thinking? Anybody got a clue? No. 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 When when – it, well, I mean, first of all, if there was thinking going on, he wouldn't have done what he did. This is true. This is true. And it's and it's not like the, the kid he said he didn't want to be drafted. It's not like he you could do anything because if you're eligible, you, you could be drafted. It's just right. a matter of whether the organization makes the decision to uh, draft you or not. But when a kid comes out and says that he needs to work on things, why? Why in, on this God's green earth would you put that pressure on the kid? And then bring then, you know, forget about the kid for a second. Think about the girl. Think about the family now has to be reliving all this because his name is mentioned. Yeah, well, yeah, and you have 100%. a daughter. I have a daughter. We, the three of us do. Um, and the, the, the fact of the matter is um, you, you, you throw that in with the fact that Bergevin – was there in Chicago 13 years ago. 
Yep. And I'm sorry, maybe what the Blackhawks did right after that pick. Yeah, that's Montreal, what I was going to say. Uh, maybe if Bergevin doesn't make that pick, nobody really says anything about the phony photo op. And this is not to disparage those women because I'm sure they work hard. But when you had it back to back like that, Gary Bettman must have lost his crap last night. I don't know if you noticed, but after uh, uh, the Canadians made their pick, when Gary came back on for the next pick, um, that face is a little deeper shade of red, I believe, than it was he earlier. He must have lost his crap. Like, uh, he, now, obviously, he knew what Chicago was going to do. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I that, 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 was that, was, that, was, that was a – so, I mean, but when you have that back-to-back like that, well, it, and and Paul, you know when it, you have it, the common denominator of the guy yeah. in Montreal making the pick with with the allegations with the Blackhawks from 13 years ago. Yeah, but hold on a minute here. What, what happened right away here in Phoenix was, are you kidding? The Arizona Coyotes had to renounce their draft pick and you let this happen. And, uh, you know, um, Mitchell Miller. Not yeah, only I mean, lost, we didn't even get to that. Mitchell Miller lost his NHL status. He also lost his college scholarship and his ability to play college hockey at one of the premier programs, if not the premier program in all of NCAA hockey. Um, and I, you, you can't match. They're both wrong. There's, there's no other way around it. But uh, you can't say that um, uh, Logan Malou is better off uh, in a system with the Canadians helping him, and those are air quotes, helping him and it's assisting insane. him it's get better. Nuts. Because Mitchell Miller was not a first-round pick, and Mitchell Miller was already in college and had a support system for all yep. practical purposes around him, and that was dissolved. And now you're going to let this happen? I mean, you talk about double standards. It's not even oh, close. This is, yeah, this is, this is, this is nuts. And like I said, I guarantee you, I, I mean, I can't even imagine the level of, of anger. Cause it all, like I said, it all happened right there. And, and, and I can't imagine I could be wrong because the Canadians had a prepared statement. So they yeah, knew what they were doing immediately. Okay. They knew what they were doing. I can't imagine that the commissioner had any idea. And if he did, then he should be gone too. Yeah, I, I think it caught him completely off guard. And, and when I watched Mark Bergman come on in front of the cameras, he looked a little disheveled. Um, and he didn't look like – and he came on with an attitude. Most of these guys were excited to be announced, and he came on with a like a full-blown attitude, it looked like to me anyway, that he was going to just blow this thing up. And, man, he blew it up. And uh, uh, thankfully, if there is such a thing, it happened at the end of the draft – so that, that people had, you know, they were able to go off the air not, and go out. Yeah, because, but not, not with social media. No, 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 no I know. No, but so no. No. no, I understand that. But what I'm talking about is poor ESPN doing their first draft in a while um, and taking on something new. And then they, and you could see they were uncomfortable immediately. Well, they, 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 well, yeah, that, I mean, that's another story. Uh, but John Butchgrass get right on their case and like, are you guys kidding? 
Well, and the, and, and the and the broadcast was so solid too compared to the exp- the expansion. Yeah, but that and, guy, like, that's, that's that was no, last no, no, night was no, an but, actual hockey broadcast. Though. No, I know, but but then to have to end it on the Canadians and then the Blackhawks. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's not like it was separated through the draft that you could at least have a little bit of separation between the two as opposed to back to back. Yeah, I mean, it just you know, ESPN. I don't know, ESPN. I don't know what they were thinking to themselves when when they knew that it was going to be Montreal trade out. You know, you know Montreal and, uh, picking uh, Malou, and then all of a sudden Chicago's up. I mean, maybe the Blackhawks trade out. I don't know what ESPN was thinking. That, you know, what was going through, through their minds because at the at the whole moment they're like, I can't believe our first real broadcast, and this is what we have to deal with. Well, once again, um, uh, they knew what Chicago was doing. That's and, well, yeah. And, Okay, and and I mean we didn't, but they did. Okay, um, and it just m- intensified what they did with the Montreal pick. Oh, absolutely! And like I said, Bergevin was involved with both. Yeah, it was not a good look. Um, I think that we'll end it on that because I don't want to dwell on this. No, nope. um, it, it was just took away from from a very exciting night for a bunch of players who uh, got to see themselves um, projected anyway as NHL players down the road. Um, so so we'll skip away from that. I do want to really congratulate the uh, Arizona State Sun Devils too, though, because um, poor Greg Powers had to watch uh, Owen Powers' video probably way too many times uh, against his squad. Um, uh, Matty Beneers, uh, Kent Johnson, uh, you go right down the list of Michigan players that just well, let's, uh, let's tried, tried to abuse Arizona State. And well, then was, to turn around easy. and come back and, and get a Josh Stone at number 37 and a Ty Murchison uh, on. So, And I know if you ask Coach uh, whether he's saying the truth or not, I know he'll tell you it doesn't make any difference if they have a logo next to their name to be on his roster because he's concerned with what they do in college. But we all know it does. That makes a huge difference. If uh, if there's a logo there, because people look at it, uh, future recruits look at it, NHL analysts look at it, everybody looks at it. So and, and look, uh, the expansion draft had Joey Decord going to Seattle, so ASU is on the forefront of people's minds from the expansion draft into the NHL entry draft. Yep, exactly. Okay, let's do this. Let's take a quick break, and we'll come back in just a few minutes. Hopefully, we'll have uh, Tom connected with us, and uh, we will go from there. I can't wait to get to Las Vegas and check out the fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No, stopping at Jesse Ray's Barbecue for lunch. Oh, that fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by offensive ribs? I'm in. Exactly. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork, smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. This is Derek Stevens. Download your new sports betting app with Circus Sports. Get 24-7 access to a dynamic sports betting menu, including props, futures, cross-sport parlays, in-game wagering, and more. 
Sign up for the mobile wagering app at CircusSports.com. Then visit one of our downtown Las Vegas sportsbooks at the D or the Golden Gate to activate and fund your mobile wagering account. Learn more at CircusSports.com. Ask any hockey player in the desert southwest, and they'll all tell you the same thing. We love going to the rink and sandals. Now you can show off your game in style with summer skates. Officially licensed summer skates are comfortable, washable, and can be designed to show off your fandom. Phil Kessel, your guy? Big William Carlson fan? Or is Austin Matthews the man? Have your summer skates designed to show off your favorite NHL player or shout out your own game with your own number. Team discounts and customization available too for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice? Our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable. Show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of summer skates. You can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com. Really, JR, you think you can still do this? I'm focused. You're way too old to hit that target from there. I've been listening to everything you said. It's been running through my head, locked and loaded. All right, still got it. Still got it. Who's old now? If you live in the valley, you know that there is no shortage of great Mexican food. But if you want authentic taste with a fair price and relaxed atmosphere, then head to Burrito Express. From the breakfast burritos served all day to combination plates for lunch, Burrito Express delivers that homemade taste you would expect from your own kitchen. Try all of our authentic Mexican recipes at any of our six East Valley locations, from Scottsdale to Gilbert and all points in between. ASU alumni owned and operated since 1995. Go to BurritoExpress.com and check out our menu or find a location to order for fast pickup or delivery. Hi, this is Derek Stevens. Download your new sports betting app with Circus Sports. Get 24-7 access to a dynamic sports betting menu, including props, futures, cross-sport parlays, in-game wagering, and more. Sign up for the mobile wagering app at CircusSports.com. Then visit one of our downtown Las Vegas sportsbooks at the D or the Golden Gate to activate and fund your mobile wagering account. Learn more at CircusSports.com. You're listening to Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. All right, we're back. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. Scott Strandy joining you from Scottsdale, Arizona tonight. A very special edition, a uh, recap of the NHL Amateur Draft. It was just completed today. It started yesterday, a first round, and today rounds two through seven. Uh, I am here in beautiful Scottsdale where it's about to get dumped on again because um, we just love more water. 
Uh, Rob Rothbard is out in beautiful Southern Two California. Weeks ago, you guys were complaining about not having enough rain. <laughs> exactly. Stop it. Exactly. And Paul Ornstein joining me from beautiful Long Island, New York, where that palatial estate probably just loaded up with, uh, I don't know, land sharks and different things like that. So we can kick back and relax. Well, Rob and I do all the work. Yeah, that's what happens. <laughs> that's what usually happens. I just wing it. <laughs> okay, before we get Tom on, we're still waiting to connect with Tom, who is on the road and moving his way this way. Um, uh, a couple of things I, I wanted to break break out with you guys. I don't know that we really got into a deep discussion on, but um, this Michigan thing, uh, if these guys all play next year for Michigan, good Lord. Uh, oh. Is there anybody that can beat them? How did they do it this well, year? <laughs> well, the, I don't count anything that that happened in in this past season. That I mean, that's just um, not at the college level, anyway. I mean, well, and, and let's, the big let's, thing let's with Michigan, forget, Michigan didn't get a chance to play in the yeah, tournament. Exactly, they got ousted by COVID. Yeah, uh, so it's it. We don't know if they would have won, <laughs> and I'm not trying to take anything away from UMass. But who knows? Who, who knows? knows? Yep. Okay. I think we got Tom with us. So without further ado, let's bring on our NHL analyst, Tom Callahan, somewhere between Buffalo and uh, Arizona. Um, Tom, Scott, Rob, Paul with you. How are you? Not too bad, guys. I actually I apologize. <laughs> I know it's, echo- uh, it's echoey in here. Uh, it's okay. But I just uh, just pulled up for the night, and, uh, you know, it's it's been a long day and a crazy day of uh, just traveling around this beautiful country of ours. Uh, but so how far did you get? Topeka, how far did you get, Kansas. Tom? Where are you? <laughs> Topeka, Kansas. Oh, beautiful not Topeka. <laughs> In one day? That's I not bad. I, I've been here before. I spent a week here one night. <laughs> Tom, Tom, did you did you wear out NHL Network uh, on your drive? Yeah, you know what, NHL Network wore me out. Um, I think you know because there's only so many things you can say. The deeper into the draft you get, yep. yeah, I, I, they need to find somebody. I, 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 they need to find somebody other than than the assistant commissioner. To introduce these picks, he, he's, he just looked like he wanted no part of it today. <laughs> Paul, Paul texted me something during it about that he can't, couldn't make one read without a flub, and I was like, he finally did, and then of course he flubbed it. So it was just, it was some of it was painful to watch, some of it was good stories. Uh, I liked the uh, Jackie Remen and EJ Herratic uh, interviews. I thought they were gr- great, uh, but it just, like I said, it just gets lost. So Tom, let's start right from the top. First round, what did you uh, what did you see from the first round? Any surprises? Anything that you liked, didn't like? Give us your uh, overview of round one. See that he's speechless. <laughs> I can see I can see his his icon moving, but I I can't hear him. So we'll try to reconnect with uh, Tom. I think he he's off, and we'll wait to come have him and, come back on again. And by but, the way, it's not easy. Because, you know, Bettman only has to do one round. Bill Daly has to do basically seven or has to do six rounds. Just find somebody who, I don't know. Has a little bit more personality. Does it for a living? (laughs) You're going to tell me they couldn't find, they they can't, couldn't find. 
between Sportsnet, ESPN, and anything, they couldn't find somebody to do that? Come on. Uh, it's not about not being able to find them. They just didn't look. They didn't want anybody. Well, uh, I understand. They, they set that. it up that I way. Mean, I mean, presentation matters, right? Yeah, I absolutely. Mean, when you even in the in the NFL draft, you get second and third round. Uh, it's not the commissioner doing it, but they they have people doing it that have links to the teams. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know? uh, okay, I mean, so one of the things I also saw today, guys, that I want to I want to bring up real quickly is uh i I don't know if i've ever really compared this in the past um well actually two things i want to bring up but um one of the things that that was uh noticeable tonight i think tom do we have you back um yes apparently my network is unstable (laughs) (laughs) well that's just like the three of us tom so all three of us are unstable so you fit right in if the network's unstable (laughs) <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, it's, uh, you know what? It's just been, it's been an interesting day in so many ways. Oh goodness! All right, let me see if I can stabilize my network. Okay, my question to you was: through the first round, were there any big surprises or things that you uh, were wondering uh, that happened that didn't happen, or just summarize the first round for us if you could? Um, I I was actually pretty impressed with the amount of movement. Um, I, I thought that was more than I expected because I didn't really, I, I think we're going to make a move with a draft pick. They would have done it. I thought the teams that, um, there was really a lot of trading up to get some guys, especially in the first round, we saw a couple of jumps to get goalies. Um, I was actually a little more surprised that Jack Eichel didn't move because the Sabres are pretty much done cleaning house at this point, except for Eichel. They moved Reinhardt, which I thought they didn't get much back for him, um, especially if they can't end up signing um, the goalie and, and you only end up with a first-round pick next year. Um, you know, this is it, – it was kind of a weird year, and then Chicago goes out and gets Seth Jones, and now teams <clears throat> are basically saying, all right, well, we're going to make some moves, uh, you know, it, it, I really thought there'd be less movement. Um, so I was, I was surprised by that. I was also surprised. I guess we have to talk about it. Um, Montreal with their first round pick, um, man, I, you know, it's, it's kind of funny when, because we've, we've had such a, um, we've had such a, a crazy, you know, a couple of years with the pandemic and Me Too and everything going on. And Logan Mayu even said, don't pick me. He said, I don't want to be picked this year. I'm not ready to be picked this year. Then the Canadians pick him. And now he says, oh, okay, it was fine. The Canadians pick me. Um, that was actually the biggest surprise of all. Because what it says at the end of the day is that talent trumps character. I don't agree with that. Uh, and I don't think you should be rewarded for being talented. But... You know, at the very least, we can say this is a young man who exercised poor judgment. It, we can term it worse than that. But, you know, it just – it was disappointing to me. It really was, especially coming from a team like the the Canadians. Um, it, Yeah, I, I was really – I don't know what else I could say about that. I think it's pretty clear that I think that that was just awful, and most of hockey does too. Yeah, we touched on it just before you came on to kind of uh, just put a a bow on it too. So I'm glad you uh, you feel the same way. Um, I have to ask you about the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, 
what what Bill Armstrong did. And everybody who listens to this show and knows me knows that I would love to support the Coyotes 100%. But let's be honest, over the last decade, they haven't given me a lot to support. And I thought Bill Armstrong did one heck of a job of resurrecting a really, really bad situation uh, with Dylan Gunther in the uh, in the nine slot and obviously moving Oliver Ekman Larson and uh, Connor Garland, uh, who had become problems for the ownership for some reason, um, moved them both out, and then to uh, sell a bunch more tickets by taking uh, Josh Doan, number 37. Your thoughts on any of that, Tom? Yeah, it, did you see, and uh, I don't remember if we talked about this the other night or not, but Garland's comments on the way out of town. Oh, I saw um, him. <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure a lot of people did. And for those who don't know, he basically said, we all know what's going on here, um, it, meaning all the just disaster that the Coyotes front office has become. And that's what Bill Armstrong has to overcome. Uh, and it's a tall order. It is difficult. He inherited a, a franchise with a roster in flux, um, a superstar in Oliver Ekman Larson, who, I mean, he became the new face of the franchise, Shane Dome, but I don't know. I mean, Shane Dome really sold him his soul for the Arizona Coyotes, and I don't think they paid him back for it. Um, and, you know, Ekman Larson wanted to go somewhere else, and they said, okay, um, we'll move you. And they moved him to Vancouver, which is great. They're able to move up. I love the pick of Gunther. I th- oh, no, I think Tom became unstable again. You guys still have? <laughs> well, wait. Well, that is we- definitely like us. <laughs> we'll wait to see if we get him back on. Um uh, guys, anything that you want to get to Tom when he comes back on or uh, anything well, that he said he, so far? After he finishes talking about uh, Gunter, um, the, 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 the other uh, team that deserves to, be, deserves to be talked about is the Edmonton Oilers. If you're an Oilers fan today, you got to be losing your mind. You have well, to absolutely be losing your mind. You have a chance to take one of what is considered two franchise goalies in this draft and you take more offense? Are you kidding? <laughs> hey, you got to outscore everybody. 10-9. Yeah, but you're not going to do that. How many 10-9 games do you win in the playoffs? <laughs> exactly. Are we talking playoffs now? <laughs> We're always talking playoffs. <laughs> well, well, and 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 they they resign Mike Smith for two years, so it's it, it, not only Mike, Mike Smith is going to play till he's fifty, Rob. <laughs> well, he's going to play for Edmonton, yeah. But, but, but you oh, don't get me started on Mike Smith. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're just hey, Tom. I mean, holy smokes! Hey, if you're Edmonton, you have a chance at one of two franchise goalies, and you pass them both up to take more offense. You know, look, I don't know what's wrong with Edmonton um, as far as why they're making the picks and the moves they are. I can't believe they signed Mike Smith again. Uh, I wouldn't have signed him last year. And look, he played well for a stretch, but he's 39 years old and he's Mike Smith. He's going to get hurt at some point in an 82 game season. He'll miss 20 games with injury. And that's just how it is there. And, 
they don't need more offense. You're right. What they need is solid defense. If they could keep pucks out of the net, they'll find a way to score goals. It, oh, but yeah, don't get me started on any of that. But you know what? Good for Edmonton. They think that's what they want to do. Great. You guys want fireworks. That does not win in the playoffs. No. When was They're the last time anymore. Edmonton kept the puck out of the net, though? Uh, maybe. Here? Maybe. Oh, five. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the Stanley the Stanley Cup when they 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 did have a good team. What was it? it was it 05 or 06 when they went up against Carolina in the in the cup final? Uh, five, I think it was. Yeah, and I mean, unfortunately for them, Dwayne Rollison got hurt and he was really on fire in that series and it kind of cost him. But yeah. they were actually a team that could play in all ends of the ice then. But even those, you know, the eighties Oilers teams, look. I can't fault them for being high-flying offensive because nobody played D back then. No. No, they, all they did was clutch and grab back then, and the fact that they were able to score five, six goals a game uh, in that type of offense in the playoffs, you know, against that, I mean, against that clutching and grabbing defense shows how talented they were offensively. But even Grant Fuhr was had a four goals against average in the, in the playoffs. Yeah. Well, he was he was a guy you knew if, if they were up 5-4, he was not letting in the fifth goal. Right. Right. No, that was how right. he played. Exactly. You know, it was like Jack Morris. Jack Morris pitched to the lead. He didn't care if he gave up a home run, but you weren't going to come back on him. Yep. Yep. Okay. So, so yeah, I don't. I don't know what Evans is doing. So, so final they. comments on the Coyotes since we kind of lost you with Gunther. Um, but I, I got a message this morning from from one of my sources, Tom. It said, "Just turn your TV on at eight o'clock. You're going to like what you hear." Um, didn't tell me what I kind of knew what it was because I'd heard also that he could be the 37th pick, but I also heard the 60th and I heard the 107th. And uh, before you came on, I told everybody I think uh, what the deal was is uh, the Coyotes decided that they could not let Vegas or the LA Kings draft Josh Doan and uh, ever expect to sell tickets again if, if that ever happened. Any truth to what my thoughts are? Um, you know what? It's it's definitely a move that was made to please the fan base, and and I'm not saying that Doan doesn't deserve to be there. He legitimately has a chance to be a, a solid impact NHL player, and one day, you know what? He could be the future face of this franchise if they're able to stick around. If that you know rumored arena deal over near the ASU campus has any truth to it. Um, you know, all of that that's going around right now. But I look at Doan and yeah, this is this is a move that you had to make as an organization. Uh, and really, what else can Arizona do? Um, they have to, they're, they're starting from scratch. They've lost their all-star defenseman. Uh, they've lost one of their best scorers. And I mean, like or hate Connor Garland, he was one of their best scorers. And he is a little guy who is not afraid to stick his nose in front of the net. I love watching him play. He's one of the most entertaining guys on the team. He's one of the people who you would buy a ticket to go see. Um, so they got to figure something out. And, and maybe, you know, Doan is part of that. Again, I don't know how fast Gunther's going to develop. He'll be part of that. But this is a team that's got to forge a new identity. And uh, that's something that, you know, Armstrong's going to have to figure out, and, and he's got a really tall task in front of him. Okay, let me throw this at you. Las Vegas, the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, a lot of guys that uh, were drafted that a lot of people in the real um, novice hockey world have no idea who they are. Any idea if they did okay? 
I'm sorry, I, I missed the first part of that. I said Vegas. Uh, a lot of people, novice hockey fans, don't know who these Vegas draft picks are. Did they do okay? Um, you know, I think Vegas. Um, they they. It's no surprise they went with a center with their first overall pick. Um, I thought that that was probably and still is their biggest need. I don't think they've solved anything just yet. Um, but let's face it. I mean, this is a team that is so desperately in need of a number one center. They, they That was their biggest area that I looked at it and said, well, what's going on here? So Zach Dean um, is a guy. Okay, this is going to be a little bit of my bias showing here, uh, but I'm not <laughs> always big on players from the Quebec Major Junior League. I think it's more of an all-star, freewheeling, wide-open type of league. Yeah, they score way more points. Um, and I guess, you know, it, forwards probably have a little bit better chance. You know if a defenseman is showing up on the radar in that league, he is a point-getter. Um, so you know what you're getting. But, you know, they, they need to figure out depth up the middle. They are going to need to figure out if Alec Martinez especially leaves – um, basically defensive positions four through six, and that's not a great place to be. Um, I would not be surprised if they tried to move Braden McNabb coming up here. So I think there's a need defensively for this club as well. I don't think they need anything in net. I think Logan Thompson's a goalie of the future, and Scott, you and I have talked about this. He's a stud. He's going to be a stud. They don't really have to worry about it beyond that. But you know what? Um, and again, it's hard to tell you that you can be 100% sure of what you're drafting right now. So they got another uh, center in the 114th pick, uh, Jakob uh, Brambenek. I don't mind that. Um, you know, again, Quebec Major Junior League uh, is, okay, what are you going to get with Zach Dean? And then, um, you know, Brambenek uh, went from the Q to the Czech Extra Liga. Um, one assist in 23 games, but he's 17. So, you know, you look at he's already 6'1". Um, he's got room to grow. He's young. And that's the thing. A lot of these guys are. Um, and uh, they picked another center, Jakob uh, Demick, uh, with, uh, what was it, pick 128. And I think this is a little bit of a reach, but I like the size. Next year he's going to play in the WHL, which I also like. I like guys who go that route. I think it's a tough league to develop in. But, man, that's – that's the place you need to be, I think. Uh, if you're going to be that big, you're going to learn to play the middle. But Vegas obviously knows and acknowledges, especially with the moving on from Cody Glass, that they are bare up the middle. They they need solutions. And so hopefully they, they're kind of taking a flyer that one of these guys pans out. Yeah, totally agree. Before, uh, before Paul and uh, Rob jump in with some questions for you, um, I saw something on Twitter today. I didn't see it until just uh, I saw that. But they said this is kind of a, a sick joke that the NHL is playing on us when uh, a Doan and a Chike are drafted back-to-back. -back. <laughs> <laughs> 37 and 38. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But, uh, you know, I did – I didn't even think of that. Like I saw it and it didn't register with me, but <laughs> didn't me either until I heard that one. But okay, Rob, fire away. You got something for Tom? Well, I'm just curious as far as two teams, Columbus, who had, who I thought had a great draft, but then I wonder why they trade Seth Jones and then they traded for Voracek and Philadelphia. 
what are your thoughts on on what they've done so far in the offseason and leading up into the draft? So, uh, well, let's start with Columbus. Uh, they had to move on from Seth Jones and get what they could. Um, he he said he wasn't going to be there after this year. He's already made up his mind a year out. And when a player knows that far in advance, he doesn't want to be there anymore. Uh, that to me, it, it, I know people say, oh, we'll give it a year. Maybe he'll change his mind. He's not going to change his mind. You get what you think is the best possible return for him. Um you, you do what you can in that trade, but you know he's not going to be there, and you're going to lose him for nothing if you don't move him. Chicago, I'll be honest with you, I think Chicago overpaid. Uh, you know, this is not that I don't like Seth Jones, because I do, but, man, does Chicago not learn with these contracts? Uh, you know, it just you just got rid of Duncan Keith, and I don't know how you got rid of Duncan Keith and held no salary, but, again, that's another Well, it was Edmonton. There you go. But um, let me throw another dart at the Oilers. Um, But they gave away Larson. Right, right. And uh, so moving on from Seth Jones, I don't mind for Columbus. This team is going to change its identity. Uh, They have to rebuild and pretty much rebrand. But John Davidson knows what kind of team he likes to build. They were competitive under him before. The Rangers were certainly very, very good, and and he's built a team that will be a champion for years to come there. New York is going to be competing, Um, and he's going to come back and try to fit the same mold onto Columbus. I I think he will, and, you know, he's a realist, and it was interesting to hear Davidson's comments, guys. I don't know if you heard this or not, but Davidson said right before the draft, he likes Seth Jones as a person, and as a player, he does not begrudge him the right to make that decision. Davidson understands that there is a business side to the sport. That is why I think he's going to be patient in building his winner with Columbus. I really believe the Blue Jackets are going to get stronger again. They're going to get better. They have a major tragedy that they've got to work through. They've got some soul-searching to do, and they're, they're going to be defining a new direction. This is actually really a moment of rebirth for the Blue Jackets in many ways. It's going to be a tough year, but I think it's going to be one of tremendous growth. Um, I like Voracek. I actually kind of hoped Seattle was going to take Voracek. I, I thought they might take him. Um, and, and again, we talked about Seattle's draft. I still don't quite 100% know why they shied away from some of the names they did. But, you know, Voracek was a guy who has a history in Columbus, uh, and J.D. wanted him back in the mix. You know what you're getting. You're getting a leader. You're getting a guy who can score. He's 32 years old. Um, you know, this is this is something Columbus needs, is someone in the room who can lead this team. And I think he's going to be tasked with being that guy now. Um, and so that's a huge reason why they make that move. He comes in from Philadelphia, speaking of Philadelphia, who went out and made a big deal to get Ryan Ellis. I, um, I'm not uh, – if Philadelphia puts Ryan Ellis on the second pair and he's a first power play defenseman, great. That's a great move. If Philadelphia takes Ryan Ellis and tries to make him a top pair guy and play top pair minutes, that's a mistake. Uh, and I'll just I'll say that right now because Ellis is not that kind of guy. He can't handle those first pair high quality matchups. He's just not strong enough. He's not big enough physically, and that's not his fault. But he's a short guy, um, and he does well. He's smart. He's really smart. He's still got a great shot, but uh, if Philadelphia uses him correctly, that'll be a nice move. Uh, he's, 
you know, he, he is what he is. He's not going to, he's not going to suddenly become uh, one of the top five defensemen in the league, but Philly, I think more than anything else, the Flyers need to figure out the goaltending side. Uh, you know, they really put a lot of weight, I think this year into heart. It didn't quite work out in the sophomore season. I think he's still pretty darn good. Um, they will be in contention again, especially because I think a lot of other teams like Boston and Pittsburgh are going to regress to the mean. So for Philadelphia, they just have to continue to be good enough. Uh, my question is, will they? Well, I mean, I am not. I'm not a Carter Hart fan. I, I'm not the expert, but. But you are a Philadelphia fan, because we already know you ordered that Ty Murchison jersey. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, nice. Lo- love, love me that town. Love me those teams. <laughs> okay, get your question in there. We're going to go 15, 20 minutes long tonight, so oh, get, I, Tom, uh, get Tom another one. Well, I mean, just to, to piggyback on, on, on what he said on, uh, about Columbus, I mean, Kent Johnson and Cole Sillinger in the first round, if, if you move Johnson to the wing – and I don't know if they will or not, but that's already two-thirds of your top line coming in. I love Sillinger. Uh, ever since I saw him in the World Junior t- Tournament, I, I, I love love his game. And, and you know, if they play him and Johnson, they, they, they could have their first and second line centers in Columbus for a long, long time. And, you know, the, the greatest predictor for me of whether or not a guy will be a successful center is his skating. Um, that if you can't skate, you're going to end up on the wing. You can learn almost everything else. You can figure out how to take face-offs. You can learn to play both ends of the ice. But if you can't skate, then you will not be a good center, and that's just how it is. So I look at the Blue Jackets. I, I think you're right. I think they did a nice job. They Boy, they really cleaned up in the first round. And one of the other things that I think is important to note is that Cylinder, you know, comes from a hockey bloodline. Oh, yeah. And has – really probably the best possible background as far as being prepared to play because his old man um, was around for so long, played a lot, was important enough. And a lot of people kind of joke. I mean, he played for an NHL record, what was it, 12 teams. Um, (laughs) But you don't get traded that many times. I think he was traded 12 times. You don't get traded that many times because no one wants you. You get traded that many times because other teams want you. And, you know, he found a way to make himself important enough to stick around for a real long time. And I think that that's something he's going to be able to pass on if it has already um, to his son. And you know what? There's there's plenty of room in that Blue Jackets organization to make an impact right now. There is plenty of room. So I hope that some of those guys are able to step in and do that. Okay, Tom, uh, I got to ask you about Tyler Boucher, um, number 10. Uh, Brian's son, you talk about sons, um, not a goaltender, but a heck of a hockey player. Yeah, it, uh, you know, people, it's funny. I, I was reading different um, websites, grades, and the grades are all over the map on Boucher at number 10. Uh, one of the things that a lot of, a lot of places were critical of is they felt it was a reach. It was a stretch. You don't, you know, he was rated much lower, but everybody you talk to who has been around this kid or knows anything about him. Number one, he definitely has his dad's swagger uh, and he has that confidence. And, you know, he really feels like if he needs to, 
put the puck through a brick wall, he will. But if he needs to skate through the brick wall to find the puck, he will do that too. Uh, and there's a real sense that he is a guy who will do what it takes to make it work and uh, works hard. And so that to me is something that you, you can't teach that. You either have that guts and that determination to play the game and to do whatever it takes to win, you know, and play hard, that kind of thing, or you don't. Let's face it. How many times have we seen guys with all the talent in the world who don't work hard, who have no motor, no motivation, or they just won't go to the corners or they only want to dangle? They have very short careers for the most part. I, I think that, you know, Tyler Boucher is a guy that I, I know some people are not a fan of this pick now, but he's going to work his tail off to be the best player he can be for a long time. And you know what? Look, it's for, for him, there's only upside. So I, I don't mind it at all, I, and I hope he does well. I'd, I'm rooting for the kid. I'd love to see him do well. And listen, at 6'1", 205 already, what's he going to do? I mean, by the time he gets to the NHL or a, a year or two in, he's going to be up to 220, 225, and try to, try, to, try to get him out of the front of the net. And that's what you hope. You hope that he continues to get bigger, stronger, um, you know, who knows where he'll end up height wise, but you're right. If he puts on 10 pounds of muscle, what a difference. If he puts on 15, you know, even bigger difference. So I'm, I'd love to see it. And you know what, for again, the senators are a team like the blue jackets. There's plenty of room to make a splash right now. And it doesn't hurt that if you're a guy who will throw yourself through a wall for the team, that's the kind of player that, you know, the Senators, maybe they need a little bit of that. They need somebody that the fans can go, wow, this guy is actually giving an effort for the Ottawa Senators. I I, I can't tell you who does that now on that team. Well, I can tell you, but he went to Seattle. Now, hold on. Now, hold on a second. So you now you have a shot at a top line of of – Brady Kachuk, Boucher, and Stutzla. Yeah, that could and, be pretty and, darn good. And you got a Shane Pinto there. Where's he from again? He's from Long Island. Oh, okay, just, just make sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, just throwing that out there. Just throwing that out there. Um, <laughs> I didn't bring it up, Tom, so you can't blame me on that. Um, <laughs> all right, so, I mean, they ha- – they have a lot of, of, of young talent there, too. It's just a matter of who ties it together. Okay, i got to throw this in there, guys, for everybody that's listening. Um, one of the things, and I, I admitted to this before you came on, Tom, that I really haven't followed this in the past, the, uh, the draft by birth country. But um, is it unusual for us to see 82 Canadians, 50 from the U.S., and 29 from Russia, 24 from Sweden? Or is that about normal? That's about right. Um, typically, you're looking at 50% of the players nowadays. It used to be far more than that. But nowadays, 50%-ish come from Canada, uh, 50 60%. And those numbers actually are with – I feel like it's a little more Americans than you might expect, although the U.S. is growing um, in the number of players who pick hockey as their chosen sport and turn pro. But – um, that's about the real representation in the NHL. 
you know, it's it's about that type of split. So I think the fact that we saw that there's also, I think, less stigma against drafting Russians than there used to be, because to a certain extent, we know that they could still be very mercurial. They might stay home. They might play in the KHL. They might not want to come to America. Um, you know, you really have to do your homework on the individual. That's not nothing you could ever, you know, throw a blanket over everybody and say. But, um, you know, that's that is not a surprise because there are a lot of skilled players in Russia. That's the way they've been taught to play the game going back 50, 60 years. So, of course, you're going to want to, you know, mine those depths as much as you can and find those those talented players. I, I love European hockey players uh, because they tend to be a little more complete on their skills uh, earlier on. I'm not saying that, you know, American and Canadian kids aren't, but I feel like that that's just how they're taught the game. Is that? Do you think that's really a, uh, a factor because they play on the bigger rink and you – takes more skill to play on the bigger rink because there's less hitting and then when and with the canadians in the u.s they're on the smaller rinks already so they're used to that banging style there is a lot less hitting in the international game because you have seven and a half extra feet on each wing um and i've played on international surfaces in pretty competitive environments and i'll tell you what as a goalie it throws you off I can't imagine what it's like as a defenseman uh, to try to, you know, be able to, to work your, your angles and keep your gap. And sometimes you got to let those guys go and they kind of get lost over there. But the other thing is now there's a different education with what to do in the puck with the puck in space. When you have that time to create, when you have time to look up and, and you know, that that is what the European adjustment is coming here is that there is less room over there. You have to make the decision faster. But I think because of that, it gives them more time uh, and more building uh, blocks for creating plays and making things happen. And then, you know, if you have the wheels to do it, um, you can you can be a very, very effective player. And here's the other thing. This drives me nuts is when everybody says, oh, you know, great shot could put a puck through a brick wall, um, you know, smart player, this, that, or whatever. I'm like, yeah, but how about passing? Can he take a pass? Can he, can he send a pass? And I swear to God, it's like they don't teach passing. It drives me nuts, but <laughs> it, it's, it's crazy. They're like, well, you know, eh. it's like, no, passing is critical to the game. <laughs> and I think the Europeans are way ahead on that stuff. Yeah. Okay, um, two more. Two, you got one to – no, I was just going to say, I mean, um, just to, 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 they had uh, the uh, a player from Kazakhstan was chosen, a player from the Ukraine, born in the Ukraine was chosen. They even some, somebody drafted from the U.K., so. <laughs> yeah, another one. <laughs> okay, so I got, uh, we don't have much time left, about another five, six minutes, Tom, so I'm going to give you two topics at one time to uh, to, to wrap up on. Uh, Colorado Avalanche this morning announced that they signed Kale McCarr, which I don't think anybody was shocked at. Six years, uh, $54 million, $9 million a year, if my math is correct. And then they uh, close out the draft by signing his brother, Taylor McCarr. Uh, by all means, Taylor is not Kale, uh, but he is going to UMass, and who knows what he could develop into. So first of all, your thoughts on Colorado, and then second of all, your thoughts on Seattle and what they did in the uh, amateur draft. Sure. So, look, Colorado knew they were going to have to pay for McCarr, and there's no way you can let this guy get away. He's a generational talent. He is 
it, I mean, one of these guys is going to dominate from the blue line and in all zones uh, for his entire career. So, you know what, if he says, hey, why don't you sign my brother? <laughs> Guess what you're going to do? Um, you know, it's about keeping the player happy. And he's just so skilled. He's so smooth. Scott, I remember watching him uh, when I was up at the Frozen Four in Buffalo. And you could just see how much better he was than everybody out there. And then he goes to the NHL. And he's still that much better than everybody else yeah, out there. It's ridiculous. Oh, he uses his edges. You want to talk about a guy who can skate. If you want to learn to skate and you want to model yourself after a guy, Cam McCarr is it. He is so good. He can just shift direction. He, he, he's so good with his edges inside, outside, can skip around guys. He creates his own space. Whatever Colorado had to pay him, they had to pay him. So good for him. I think that, um, you know, they, they had to, uh, and, and again, like I say, if he says, Hey, son, my brother, you know, that's what you do. Um, when it comes to Seattle, it was interesting. I read a comment, and I can see this going through their picks. Um, they really, Ron Francis said he wanted to draft a bunch of guys who played the game like he did. Um, I think that's exactly what they did. I think that's exactly how they built the expansion roster. I think that's exactly what they did in the draft. Um, you know, they they want and got um a hard-working team, and it seems like that's good. that's going to be their identity. Remember when we used to talk about blue-collar hockey teams? Um, I think this is it. I think this is what they wanted to do, and, and the kind of guys they wanted to get. And you know what? It, I think they're gonna they're gonna be popular in Seattle. They're they're going to be identifiable. Um, you know, so let's start with the second round. They, they get uh, Riker Evans, uh, again, a WHL kid, and I, I like that. And, I mean, not too bad, 28 points, 24 goals, uh, or 24 games last season. And, uh, you know, that's pretty good. And hopefully he grows a little as a defenseman, although we're seeing smaller defensemen succeed more in today's game. So I guess I don't really mind that one as much. Um, but he plays the game hard. He probably needs to round off things a little bit, um, but he's smart and you can't teach hockey intelligence. I mean, if a guy is dumb as a post, he's not going to get very far. Um, third round, they got uh, Ryan Winterton, uh, good size, played with Hamilton, but uh, he was with Team Canada. And again, one of those handful of guys who missed a season, but did get to play with Team Canada. So um, I think that, you know, with without him having a season, probably cost him being drafted higher. So I don't know that I'm going to call this a steal, but I think it's a great pick for getting him in the middle of round three. Um, that's that's pretty darn good. So, you know, then they went with some size a little bit further down and, and you know, guys who I think um, they're, they're going to try to round out this roster, a little bit of skill, a little bit of grit and determination, uh, a lot of hard work. And I think that that's really kind of the direction they went. So, again, this draft is going to take a long time for us to figure out who won uh, and who lost overall. But this is one of those situations where if you're Seattle, um, you know, you're going to have to learn to get to know these kids pretty well. I don't know that they have an impact player um, right off the hop. And I, I think, yeah, you guys are talking about Michigan when I jumped on. Boy, can you imagine if – 
all of the guys from Michigan go back to Michigan this year. Oh, oh my goodness. The Wolverines are going to be just ridiculous. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and by the way, just uh, I, I, I know we're running out of time here, but, I mean, and, and there are worse players for the for Ron Francis, the GM, to try and have his team emulate than Ron Francis, the player. That's very true. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, Tom, we'll we'll get back with you and get you on the talk when we get closer to the season again. But um, right now, when I looked at it, it to kind of recap the draft, I kind of did it selfishly because I said our coverage area in the Southwest. I am thrilled at what I see in Anaheim. I am thrilled at what I see in Colorado. I am thrilled at what I see in Arizona and uh, Vegas. I mean, I just think we have so many great players to cover, and not only the AHL but the NHL and in their college days that um, this draft to me was a a big win-win all the way around. We did not mention the Kings, by the way, and and, uh, we, we didn't even talk about them right there, Scott, in that little recap, but... Holy cow, the Kings are one of the most stocked teams in the NHL, and we'll get into that later. Yeah, absolutely. Rob's backyard, so if Rob can take care of them for us, then uh, we'll know they're okay. (laughs) Anytime you have another Kirill, too. I mean, uh, they drafted a kid named Kirill. That can't be all bad, right? (laughs) You hope. Find out. All right, guys. Thanks, Tom. I appreciate your time. Safe travels on your way back out here. Let's get together and talk when you get here. And... uh, uh, Rob, Paul, thanks so much for uh, for all your input again. I know it's a long week, and I know we start another week tomorrow night, but tomorrow night we've got uh, a, a very special guest. We've got the guy that was picked number 57 by uh, Paul's favorite team, the Toronto Maple Leafs, so it's going to be fun to have uh, Matthew Nyes on with us to uh, another Arizona kid that uh, uh, really making his way. And, and he did Paul some favors because he went to Minnesota. Now he's drafted by the Maple Leafs, so – I know that connection is going to be instantaneous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Take it away, my friend. Uh, the D Las Vegas Resort and Casinos Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly's coverage of the 2021 NHL draft has been brought to you by Summer Skates. Fall, winter, doesn't matter. We still like to keep our drinks cold. Get your personalized koozies and shower shoes. Go to icetimehockeysw.com slash partners and click on the Summer Skates banner. The D Las Vegas Resort and Casino. Whether it's the Long Bar or the Andy Amo Steakhouse, we are more than just great gaming action. Book your spot at thed.com. Boost Mobile, where all plans include a mobile hotspot and America's largest 5G network for less. The NCHC and nchc.tv. Subscribe to nchc.tv and tune into the toughest conference in college hockey. Jesse Ray's Barbecue at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas, where despite how long it takes you to eat your meal, There are so many delicious choices. It always seems like it takes you longer to decide what to eat and to actually eat it. By M-Drive, supplements to fuel your drive, refine your drive with M-Drive. The D. Las Vegas Resort and Casino's Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly's coverage of the NHL Draft and all of the Ice Time Hockey SW.com podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app, available for download at the iTunes Store, Podbean, the Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and on the TuneIn app, uh, Rob, you have one of these, right? One of these Alexas? <laughs> no? No, actually, I don't have one. Uh, my wife, I think, is a little afraid that, that everybody will know what we're doing. All right. Well, ask Alexa anyway to turn on your ITHSW podcast. <laughs> Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented 
by the D Resort Casino Hotel is part of the Ice Time Hockey SW.com network. <laughs> hey, Alexa, turn on the ITHSW podcast. Let's see how it works. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, love it, guys. Thanks so much for taking some time on your Saturday night to uh, jump in. Great stuff as always. Uh, Paul and I will be back tomorrow night with uh, – uh, College Hockey Southwest Live, and I said uh, we got Matthew Nyes coming on. Uh, we don't know for sure when we're going to record it because it's around his schedule in uh, Plymouth, Michigan with the uh, Summer Showcase. And then Monday night, Rob, you and I are, uh, are bringing on another guest as well, and uh, that will be a lot of fun. So uh, we will have a Todd Burgess, the newest signee with the uh, Winnipeg, or I'm sorry, Manitoba Moose and former uh, – Mankato State, and also an Arizona native. So Todd Burgess coming on Monday night with us. And then, of course, Tuesday, Wednesday, we'll be back to our regular shows with uh, some really good guests. So stay tuned, everybody. Thanks for tuning in tonight and staying along with us. Have a good night.